This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Robert K. Nelson, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you? I am doing well, thank you, and thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. We got off to a great start chatting before we hit record, and I can feel a great energy coming from you. So as we do traditionally here, I want to ask, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, working professionals, creatives? Uh, yeah, I kind of do. Kind of do. Can you elaborate on that? Well, let me see. Well, I've been in several businesses. I've had uh, one, two of my brothers have been in business. Uh, one of my, two of my sisters have been in business. So yeah, kind of runs in the family. You know, yes. we, we kind of work and then have a business. And sometimes we have both at the same time. So I actually started my business career probably when I was about 12 years old. I was just going to say, what was it like growing up? How did this influence <laughs> your decision to be where you are today? Uh, big family, seven kids. And uh, since I was about uh, 11 or 12, it was just my mom, a single mom raising all of us. And uh, I got a paper out to try to supplement my income. At that time, there were not too many kids wanted to work. So I got a paper out. My mother signed for me. I was actually too young to have it. And then when I was old enough, they had some more. So I took on another one. I took on another one. And then I, I hired a couple of kids to work for me. I said, well, this is pretty cool. You know, I got three paper routes, but I only have to do one of them and uh, let the other two kids do the other two. And they bring me money when they're done. And they, they work for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> capitalism at its best right there <laughs> i had no idea what i was doing but i was doing it <laughs> and you were doing yeah. it well <laughs> oh wow okay so then uh, at what point does uh does this this journey sort of start to take on on, on real shape of consequence for you like this is really what i'm going to be doing Probably when, when I was in my 20s, um, I actually started a construction company, uh, did that for a while, it didn't work out with my partner. And a few years later, I opened up a taxi and limousine business with my brother, and that didn't work out too well. So several years later, I opened up a, a classic Corvette shop. That was where my heart, my heart's in vehicles. And Corvettes was my love. And I got an opportunity to do that. And I did it for three years. Uh, and, and it was awesome. And the, the uh, stock market crashed in 89. Nobody was buying Corvettes. Nobody was coming in for service. So I wound up losing that business. And uh, moved from New Jersey to Texas. And uh, got a job for a while. And then I got into real estate. So I started all over again. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. 
really has. I I love real estate. Wow. From Jersey to Texas. All right. Yeah. Hey, you know, I've got family in San Antonio, so I, oh. I've, I've, I've been out that way. Definitely a different flow of time because uh, I lived in New York as well. Now I'm in L.A. So life just moves a little bit differently out there, but um, it does. In, a, in a good way, too, because it causes you to spend more time with your family, things of that nature. Uh, so you moved out there, reinvented yourself, landed in real estate. And now you're helping people, in particular, an emphasis on young people, find their way to success and actually have a path laid out for them, which is something I imagine uh, stems even from as early back as you can remember, where you had to have a paper out for yourself and figure it out for yourself. You're helping others who may not have that wherewithal find it inside of themselves. Um, I had a mentor when I was young who helped me out, and I want to pay it forward. And I understand that that age group, that 13 to 16 or so, they're kind of finding their, their feet. They're not sure where they belong. Are they still kids? Are they teenagers? So you had a mentor uh, growing up and they had a big impact on you? He did. He did. Um, I was struggling to find my legs and where I belonged in the world. And uh, he helped me do that. And I want to help some others, uh, especially the young people. I'll help anybody who wants help, who's, who's receptive to receiving help, but especially the young people, because they don't know what they don't know yet. Ain't that the truth? I mean, I don't think that ever goes away, no matter how old you get. Yeah, There's always true. someone older than you that goes, you don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, no matter how old you get, you cannot escape yeah. that that fact of reality. That is absolutely uh, true. And is that how sort of budget management uh, came came into view for you? Like sort, sort of uh, also just in that same vein of helping people sort of take control of what they don't know? So I took a Dave Ramsey course at Financial Peace University uh, at a late age. And I learned a lot, mostly budgeting for me, a lot of the stuff that I knew. But budgeting was huge. And then I continued on. He offered a, a coaching class and I took that and I said, you know, I can help a lot of people with this. So I created budget management. I also have a, a business degree and a financial degree. So I combined every all of my education and my life experiences, my business experiences together and created a, a, a platform to help others. So I can help you from the day you get your paycheck, help you understand where all the money's going, well, your gross pay, your net pay, understand that, budgeting, credit, debt, how to buy a vehicle, how to buy a house, on up to investing. And I even include a little bit about interviewing for a job. You can't do any of that stuff without a job. Wow. And so now I can see how this also directly just ties right into helping young people because young people don't know how to get a car, no. how to get a house. Some of them don't even know how to file their taxes. <laughs> no, they don't. They oh, don't. man. The and ones that it here, here's the funny thing. So the years and years in the military and you go around a military installation, right? And you'll see all these little chop shop car shops, right? And all of them have a sign. 
we finance E1 and up, <laughs> right? Uh, right? Don't, we'll, we'll figure it out, right? So you got all these 18-year-old kids coming out of basic training and, and, yep. and all this stuff, and they got a pocket full of money and don't know what to do with it. And exactly they go right. get themselves locked into a, you know, $25,000 piece of crap at <laughs> 29% interest because they didn't know any better exactly for right. the next 800 years. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. That's oh, exactly I see, I've right. seen it a thousand times, man. Yeah. It's just, it's here, awful. Buy here, pay here. They make it easy. That's right. Oh, they yeah. Hope that those guys hope you don't pay because when you don't, they go pick up the car and they sell it again to somebody That's else right. and do the exact same thing. Yeah, you got oh, it. Oh man, I've seen it. They, they end up making a quarter of a million dollars on that oh, 1982 uh-huh. Civic. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They don't care if you don't pay. Don't yeah. pay. Yeah, take it. Don't worry about it. You know? That's right. <laughs> give me your give me your address. That's all I need. Yeah, and then we don't make right. the payments, and you know, they don't sell it by you know monthly payments. It's weekly payments. So it sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. It, it's two hundred dollars a month, but it's only fifty bucks a week. You can handle that. Right. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what's in that two hundred and fifty thousand dollar nineteen eighty eight Honda Civic. That... <laughs> yeah, it had racing stripes. That's yeah, yeah. Least yeah. <laughs> <Leased> wheels. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you know what's funny is. Uh, the, the truth is that there are many people who are growing up, whether it's in the military or maybe they don't even go that route, that fall victim to the same thing, but with college, right? Like, yes, that like how is that even legal when I think about it? We have this conversation every now and then on this show, the amount of debt a kid can go into with no real, what we're talking about, you don't know what you don't know, with no real uh, understanding of like, how consequential their education will be to what their work life is going to be. And yeah, we can't even apply for like a, forget even a couple thousand, an $800 business loan. I've got an idea, right? Like how crazy is this? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I mean, you work in this world of like money, understanding, you know, your business, uh, you've had businesses, uh, you go all the way back to the paper route. If we just look at like the whole story, even even getting into cars and understanding, you know, exactly what level a high tier car operates at, what it's really worth, what's going on. When you take all these factors into consideration, do you have any thoughts on sort of the way that is currently set up as a system for young people? Yeah, it's called generational poverty. You know, we talk about generational wealth all the time, but there's such a thing as generational poverty. There's a lot of talk about generational wealth. There's also generational poverty, but that's the norm. So I said, if if kids don't li- don't listen to their parents, but they emulate their parents. So if their parents are deep in debt, they live on credit cards, they're on welfare, you know, whatever the case is, parents didn't finish high school. More than likely, the child or children are going to follow that same route because that's all they know. That's their norm. You know, that's what they're, you surround yourself with. So I have a saying, if, if you live in a bubble and everybody in that bubble looks like you, it's never going to change. It's just not because that's your, you don't know anything else. You have to step outside that bubble, step outside your comfort zone, go, go on the other side of town. You know, don't stay in that where you where you grew up and stay in that four block radius. Go on the other side of town and see what the other people are doing. 
and say, hey, I didn't realize this. So, and, and that's a lot of, I did that. When I was young, I was always somewhere that I wasn't supposed to be. But you know? <laughs> I learned, you know, so much like, wow, you know, I didn't know people live like this. I didn't know you could do these things. So why can't I do it? Some, if somebody else is doing it, I can too. Uh, they're no smarter than I am. It was funny growing up because we used to call it the other side of the train tracks. Yes. We had, we had a train track that ran through, through town. And I mean, I don't know if there was really affluent people where I live, not really, but I mean, but there were people that were, they were looked at that way. They really weren't, but they were looked at that way. And it was, it seemed like all those folks lived on the other side of the tracks. Right. <laughs> and I remember my dad, he'd say, yeah, don't even bother going over the other side of those tracks. I used to go over them tracks all the time. <laughs> didn't help me. huh? Uh, it didn't do anything for me, but I still used to go over there. <laughs> I ventured across the tracks into the next town. Um, I lived in a, basically a blue collar town. There were affluent people. And uh, but I I traveled, I went everywhere. So I was very curious. Yeah, and that's something that I think also makes a different distinction, right? Is some people literally they may travel and then still never live somewhere else. And living somewhere other than where you originally were born makes all the difference. It does. Uh, we were talking with somebody else about this, but like if you never leave home you also never get a chance to leave behind who you were in that home. Great psychologist. I think his name is uh, Jim. Uh, Jim. And it's just powerful stuff. And and I'm I'm glad to hear that that's what you're encouraging in young people. It's like, get out, venture out. Because I could still think of a number of people that I know I went to high school with uh, who I, every now and then I get to see. And they were like some of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. But because I was willing to move, travel, grow, stay open, you know, I've been given a lot uh, and I've also lost a lot of things in the process of trying to discover who I am. You know, I just look at it as an investment, but they're exactly in the same place they were when I left them in high school. And I can't even fathom <laughs> what that is like to then. And I don't know if it's a mentality thing, uh, how someone can feel stuck. So when you're feeling stuck or when you when people come to you and they talk about being stuck, what do you usually point them to as like bottom line? This is what you want to look at. This is what you, what you may want to consider. In my opinion, it's mostly fear. They're afraid to venture out. They're afraid. This is where they are comfortable where they are and they don't want to get out of the comfort zone. We talk about that quite a bit and you have to get out. You find a friend and, and go somewhere that you've never been before. You know, it's just take somebody with you if you need that, that, that comfort that security, but talk somebody else into it. Hey, you know, I'd like to go over here and see this, or I want to go to a, a, a play, you know, find somebody else that, that knows about plays and go with them. Um, most people like to talk about themselves and they like to share their knowledge. And I'm sure if somebody came up to you and whatever it is that you're interested in and somebody showed an interest, you do all you could to help them out. Yeah. just just human nature that's that's what we do but you have to be willing to reach out and, and ask that's all the difference right 
Yes. In, in a world where most kids are just texting and not even, they don't even know what the definition of a phone call is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tall that order, right? <laughs> no. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> I I only text because I have two daughters. One's 23, <laughs> the other's 27, and Philip. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, Philip, you couldn't quite be my son. That's, that's uh, a little too little too far out. <laughs> I would have to have been like nine when I had you. Totally <laughs> <laughs> different generation uh, than, than we came up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And try to relate to them and share some of your knowledge with them and then be willing to listen to them because you can learn mm. from them. Because I have a, I have a 17 year old daughter, and there's a 20 year gap between her and my youngest son. Wow. So you know, I had a lot to learn about this newer generation. I think I think that's a valid conversation to be having is uh, the idea of when you're willing to teach the younger people, just also be willing to be taught and have yeah. that exchange. Otherwise. Uh, the relationship will feel as fulfilling, and and you're right. There's something that we can learn from each other uh, as as the age gaps uh, interact and communicate with one another. Uh, because every day that I speak to Jason, I see things in in ways that I didn't see them before, and I'm I'm sure vice versa. Even if it's like him mm. going, "Well, I guess that's the way he sees the world." <laughs> <laughs> so so well, I think <laughs> yeah, I think we can always learn something from each other, though. That's the key. I mean, I always like to make the comparison that although so much different, we're so much the same, right? So, yeah, uh, I'm sorry about this connection. I've never had this problem before. That's all good. No, no big deal. Yeah. uh, But I was just saying, you know, that uh, although me and Philip are so different, maybe an age gap, right? But we're very similar in other ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just bridging that gap and, 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 and sometimes being able to listen just as much as you speak. So yes. if, if you can do that, then man, you know, you bridge that gap between all that. And there's only a gap if you let there be one anyway. So yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> the gap is in your mind. Yeah. You got to allow it to be there. You have to be in that mindset where you're like, there's a gap. <laughs> right right and i, I, I try to it. yeah i try to i try to stay out of that mind frame <laughs> and yeah, so mom, go ahead robert i was gonna say my mom had a favorite phrase she said you have two ears and one mouth listen twice as much as you talk it's mm, a good advice <laughs> that's the way it is man i mean nature doesn't make mistakes right <laughs> no, absolutely not so what I'm curious is that what should the listeners know about what you're doing right now that they can either support or be part of? Um, get engaged, get involved with the, with the uh, young people and help them out. Teach them what you know. I don't care who it is. You know, if somebody reaches out to you, reach back and just be willing to help. I mean, we're, we're here, in my opinion, we're here to serve. It's that simple for me. You know. Um, just whatever you can do for anybody. I will help anybody at any point in time. It doesn't matter. Um, I help. Fortunately for me in my position, I get to help an entire city and I get to change attitudes. 
uh, and and just get people to look at things in a different different way. And I try to lead by example, and, and we can all do that. We really can. It doesn't take a special person to do that. Wow! Right on. Well said. Uh, before we go on to the uh, the concluding question of the show and having Jason uh, roll us out. I do want to take a quick break to give a thank you to someone who made this conversation even possible by supporting the show. Uh, and that is Rogue Publishing Partners. Uh, they can offer you a host of experts in the independent publishing industry uh, with executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, everything you need to write and publish and even market any book that you may have. If you're like one of those people, there's a book in me. Well, <laughs> There's also a team that can get behind you and make that a reality ASAP. And uh, they've designed the method to really get you traction in the marketplace. All you have to do is go to roguepublishingpartners.com, let them know the war room sent you, and uh, we'll get your book out and check off the bucket list. Uh, awesome. now, now, with that said, uh, Robert, <laughs> we have a grand finale question. I just want to check in with Jason, make sure we're there for him too. Uh, Let's roll it. Yeah, there it is. So, Robert, if you could have invited anybody today to this conversation or listen in on, you know, the big family that you had, you know, the the single mother and how she led by example, which also inspired you to lead by example as a family of entrepreneurs. You've got your paper route. You know, you you went all the way into getting into into cars and what that meant to you personally and especially coming from where you came from studying of finances and you know running businesses to now helping kids and and helping the city who who would you have invited to listen into this conversation and why them more than likely my mom because i i lost her before i started making these advancements and she was a huge supporter of for me she was always there for me uh, we had a really close relationship and it kind of hurt me quite a bit when I lost her. <clears throat> and then after she was gone, I really started making some some strides into advancing my personal life, and my education and getting into businesses and things like that. And I just wish she had been here to, to see that. Oh, wow. Absolutely. What was your mom's name? Marion. Marion. Big shout mm-hmm. out to Marion. Uh, I can't thank you enough for being so open and honest and bringing your heart to this conversation. Uh, I, I hope many people walk away from this understanding the value of being open, honest, willing to learn, which I think has been the spirit of this conversation. Uh, but with that said, I'll let Jason roll us out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Robert, God, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. You're just great insights on things and uh, you know, great takeaways for the audience too, with just your life journey. I mean, there's takeaways out of everybody's journey for sure. So thanks for taking the, you know, 30 minutes and with us today. Sure. There was probably about 20 other places you're supposed to be right now. So <laughs> thank you uh, for taking the time to, to be here with us. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Right on. All right. All Have right. a blessed Cheers. day, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and always remember, if you can dream it, 
and believe it, and you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.